You will all fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. It's been a weird couple of weeks, hasn't it? A lot of us have found ourselves stuck at home. And, well, initially, that was pretty cool because we always like being at home. Uh, after a while of sitting there, staring at the same people in your family, you begin to wonder. Here we are, looking at each other, and the thoughts go through our head. Why do we feel so alone? Why so alone? My guess is that perhaps after spending some time in isolation, I've just come out of two weeks of isolation, you might be feeling very alone. As I speak to people, it seems that the thing that they're missing, uh, either at work or at school or at uni, is the banter. Uh, not being able to talk to one another, not to be able just to pass the time, to have little casual jokes. It kind of doesn't work when you're doing a video conference to do those sorts of things. Um, you might be think, feeling very alone. Uh, I said we've been in isolation, so just last weekend uh, we were still in isolation and we were going a bit crazy in the house. And even though it was raining, we just needed to get out of the house. So we went to our backyard and we made a fire in our fire pit outside. And we sat around there with our rain jackets on and our umbrellas with the fire going, roasting marshmallows by the fire in the rain. We were just feeling alone, alone. Do you know what? Your feeling of feeling alone helps you connect with the Easter stories. As we've just heard in the reading from Mark chapter 14 that Elizabeth brought us, thanks Elizabeth, I reckon everyone there in that scene would have felt alone. The disciples Jesus said, you will all fall away, like they've been around each other for three years. And now Jesus said, it's about to come to an end. You're going to fall away. Peter, big hearted Peter, Jesus said he would deny him three times before that night was out. He would have felt very alone and wondering what Jesus was talking about. And of course, Jesus himself he would have felt very, very alone. You will all fall away. So somehow our experience of feeling alone helps us to understand the Easter story better. And in fact, it goes further. It helps us understand why Good Friday is personal for each of us. Okay, as we've just read, Jesus said that all of his disciples would soon be alone. What did he say? He said, you will all be scattered. Now, why were the disciples going to be scattered? I'm just going to do a drawing, put my glove on. Okay. Jesus quoted from an Old Testament prophet who wrote a long time before, centuries before, the prophet of Zechariah. And Zechariah 
Well, see if you can guess what I'm drawing now. Zechariah was the one who passed on the message from God that Jesus' disciples would all be alone. And Jesus quotes from Zechariah to explain why. Why were the disciples going to be alone? Two reasons. The first reason is because uh, Jesus said, it is written. You will all be scattered because it is written. You will all fall away. It is written. Well, it's written in the prophet Zechariah. It wasn't something Zechariah made up. These are the words that God told Zechariah. He wrote them down that they would be scattered. You will all be scattered and therefore alone. Why? Because it is written. Now, God's not inflexible. It's not like he can't change his mind. But this was a plan that God put in place which had to happen. It involved the disciples. They would be scattered. They would be alone. Why? Because it is written. Now, what else does it say? It also says, it is written... What's written? <laughs> well, I'm going to draw a picture now, and this is what was written. See if you can look. It's about this person. Can you see who it is? I wonder if you can. Okay. I think we'll give him a sort of stripy headdress. There he is. And he has his hand here and he is holding something in his hand. Can you see what it is? It is a crook of some sort. Okay, now there's the band around the headdress up here. And then we have, because he's from the Bible, we better put a beard on him. Kids, can you guess what I'm drawing? It looks like Jesus, doesn't it? It's not Jesus. This is a shepherd. And Zechariah wrote about this shepherd and said, God says, I will strike the shepherd. In other words, here is, whoops, here is another hand. And in this other hand is a whopping big stick. And there's the arm. I, God says, I will strike the shepherd. Here's the big stick coming down on the shepherd's head. And now the shepherd is wincing in pain. Ow! I will strike the shepherd and, God says, what will happen to the sheep? Well, don't know if you can see that. Here is a sheep 
and the sheep's legs are coming out like that because, and there's the sheep's head, and we're looking backwards on the sheep. The sheep is running away. God says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. That's what God said through Zechariah all those years ago. So here's two reasons why the sheep would be scattered and why Jesus' disciples would feel alone, why they would let go of him. I would have thought Jesus would have said, because you are weak. That's not what he says. He says there's two reasons. Because, first of all, it is written. Secondly, I will strike the shepherds and the sheep will be scattered. Now, in Zechariah, this prophecy in the Old Testament It speaks so clearly about what happens on Good Friday. In chapter 11, it mentions the 30 pieces of silver which Judas took and threw into the temple. At the end of chapter 12, it says they will look on the one they have pierced and they will mourn. They will be, God's people will be very sad because of the one that was pierced. At the beginning of chapter 13, God says, There will be a a fountain which will be opened, which will wash clean the whole land of all its sin and all its impurity. How? Because God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. It's hard to make much sense of this, but it's speaking about the events of Good Friday. The result, chapter 13, verse 9 of Zechariah, God himself, because of this, God himself will become the shepherd of his people. He will call to them and they will answer and come back to him. What this says is that what's going to happen, the aloneness which the disciples are about to experience, the aloneness which Jesus is experiencing, this is all part of a big plan of God, a massive plan of God. You know, we sit here, we feel alone because of a little virus which has turned the world upside down. Easter reminds us that whatever happens, it's part of a big plan of God. And in fact, Jesus, the disciples, what they went through, their feelings of aloneness was part of a massive plan which would end up with God being the shepherd, the true shepherd, and his people coming back to him like sheep for the shepherd. You may not have noticed, but in the reading, there was a glimmer of hope. The disciples didn't get it at all. They just missed them. It went straight past them. But in verse 28, Jesus said, After I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. The feeling of aloneness that you're going through, it's not the end. The feeling of aloneness that Jesus and the disciples went through, it's not the end. It's part of a plan, yes, but out of that plan will come a great reality. Resurrection, life, God being the shepherd of his people, his people being God's sheep. It's a wonderful thing. He's got bigger plans for you than feeling alone. Trust him. Okay. Well, we might ask, why does God have to strike the shepherd? And what was it like for the shepherd to be struck? Well, that's for next time, in a bit. But first of all, we're going to sing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. 
that you struck the shepherd and it was all part of your plan so that you would end up being the right shepherd, the true shepherd of your people. Please help us to understand how Jesus fits into this and help us to believe in you. Amen. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests, the elders and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands and in three days build another not made with hands. Yet even then, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then Sam began to spit at him they blindfolded him, struck him with their fists and said, prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You were also with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. By this stage, Jesus would have felt pretty alone. Well, in fact, he was alone. Let's see, where are we? Here we are at the 
high priest's house. This is the edge of the window and we're looking in from the outside courtyard into the high priest's house. Well, who have we got there? Well, there's this person. Can you guess who he is? Here he is, and he is the high priest. And he is not looking very happy, is he? As well as in the high priest's house, you've got the high priest, you've got all the Jewish council, they're out of the shop. We just can't see. They're hanging a bit around the corners, but they're listening in. And then the main person of interest there is this one, whom we know. And this is this is of course Jesus. And he is there on trial before the high priests. Jesus is feeling quite alone. His disciples have been scattered. Well, not all of them, because just outside the window, in the courtyard, of course, one of them was there. And kids, if you were listening carefully, you would have been able to hear who it was. We can only see the back of his head because he's looking inside. In fact, his nose is pointing out there, and that's his ear. And that is Peter. Peter is standing outside, warming himself by the fire, looking in to the high priest's house to see what will happen to Jesus. Well, the Jewish leaders, they start um, interrogating uh, Jesus. That means they're asking him very hard questions. And they attacked two things. First of all, what he did. They said, ha ha, and they made up lies about him, but they said, you said that you would destroy this temple and build it again, build another one, not man-made, in three days. Jesus said something close to that, but he didn't say that he himself would destroy it. The temple, what was the temple? The temple was a massive building. Can you imagine a building as big as a football field? It was that big. It took up one quarter of the size of Jerusalem. The temple was where you went to meet God. So it was the place where you went to worship. It was the place where you went to learn about God. It's the place where the people of God gathered, but more importantly, it was the place where sins could be atoned for, where sacrifice could be made so that God's anger against your sin could be turned away. So the high priest was accusing Jesus of wanting to destroy the big building, the temple, and build another one. In a way... He almost got it right. Jesus wouldn't destroy the temple himself, but he was going to be a new temple. Uh, the building itself, it didn't really work. But Jesus is the place where you come to meet God. Uh, when you know him, you worship God. Uh, listening to him is how, you, um, how God teaches you, how you hear about God. And through his death on the cross, that's the place where atonement is made. We're going to hear about that in a moment. So first of all, they were talking about, they're accusing Jesus of what he did. But 
as people were saying one thing and another thing, their statements didn't agree. So they stopped talking about what Jesus did and they talked about the bigger issue, the bigger issue behind what he did, and that was who he was. Now, let's have a look at the television. This is what happened. They asked, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? It was all about who he is. Jesus said, I am. And he said, more than that, you will see the Son of Man. There they are, pointing up to the sky. You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven and coming, coming on the clouds. What was he talking about there? The Son of Man is, of course, the one who's going to judge the world at the end of time. You will see the Son of Man sitting. Um, he will go into, after he's died and risen again, he would ascend into heaven and go up and sit at the right hand of God the Father. He would be like God the Father's right-hand man, the judge. And also he would then come, and we're still waiting for that to happen. He will come and judge the world. Two questions. Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? That means, are you God the Saviour? I am, said Jesus. Secondly, more than that, you will see the Son of Man. I am the Son of Man. I am the Judge. I am the Saviour and I am the Judge. Well, at this point, what happened? All hell broke loose. Well, the high priest here tore his clothes. He was going crazy. Let's, let's have a look. So here is the high priest. And he's just so angry at this point. And his eyes are open and popping out of his head. And his hands are up. And they're going and... There he is, another hand up in the air. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, there he is. Okay, all hell broke loose. He tears his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? He is blaspheming. Take him out and crucify. Now at this point, you might think that Jesus is alone. Certainly he has no friends in this room, does he? He is about to be killed. They take him, they strike him. He's been handed over to the soldiers. He's been struck. Is he totally alone? Remember who's outside? Peter. Now, Peter, at this point, just after our reading, he's challenged once, twice, three times. Do you... No, Jesus, surely you were with him. Surely you were with him, Peter. No, I tell you, I don't know him. I don't know him at all. I don't know who he is or anything like that. Once, twice, three times before the sun comes up and the rooster Here is the rooster, begins to crow. Peter realised 
It's just what Jesus said would happen. Before the rooster crowed, he would deny him, Jesus, three times. Jesus now is alone, isn't he? He's been abandoned by his disciples, just as he said would happen, as it is written. He's been struck by the soldiers, but at least now God's not striking him, right? Except, do you remember that prophecy? Zechariah chapter 13. It is written, God says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Wow. What's it like for Jesus to be struck? We're going to do something right now. I want you to pay attention. Now, of course, we don't know fully what it was like to be struck. But here is a bag. Thank you, Narelle. And you can see there's a few little rips in it, but there's no big tear and there's no zipper, right? Okay. Jesus was alone and he had to go into a very dark place by himself. And he was pierced. Now, I'm not going to get pierced today, but I wondered, Narelle, if you could undo those. The padlocks, and there's no keys in this bag, right? No keys in the bag. And you could chain me up as tight as you can. Jesus, we remember on Good Friday, was taken and nailed to a cross. He was nailed in place. Keep the key. All right, oh dear. Here we go. I'm feeling a bit vulnerable here. Okay. Put that round. Ow. Sorry. You wanted it tight. That's true. <laughs> Jesus was nailed. Down. Oh, sorry. To a cross. Okay. Around this side. Okay. Great. Okay. You ready? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I've got these. And then he went down, abandoned by his father on the cross, without a friend now, no one to help him. He went down to a place totally dark and alone. He was completely alone. Can you do that up as tight as you possibly can? I can. you just got to get your head under. Oh, there we go. All right. It's pretty dark in here. Jesus, of course, was in the darkest place of oh, all. There we go. Yeah. On the cross, hanging there by himself, suffering God's judgment against you and against me for what we've done. Keep my keys. And Jesus stayed there. And then darkness came over the land for three hours. Can you put that blanket on me? Oh, yeah. Darkness. Darkness came over the land. And with a loud voice, Jesus breathed his last and he died. Now, kids, in case you're wondering, I'm not dead. But Jesus was in a very, very dark place. Why so alone, Jesus? Because by dying, he went through the punishment that you and I deserve. He was the Son of Man 
already judging the world for our sin and therefore he was able to be the Christ, the Saviour. And after he died, he was buried. He was still dead. But then, of course, that wasn't the end because Jesus told his disciples that after he died, he would rise again and go ahead into Galilee. Well, this is why Good Friday is Good Friday. Why did Jesus have to be struck by God so that he could be the shepherd? When he is the son of man, the son of man who returns for those who trust in him in his death, he's not going to be the terrible judge. He will be the shepherd who comes back with his staff to gather his sheep and to take them home. You may feel alone at this moment. Jesus went through the most terrible of a experience of loneliness, totally rejected by people, rejected by God, so that he would be the shepherd who brings people back to God. And that can be true for you and it can be true for me. And what we need to do is believe in Jesus. This next song is about Calvary, the cross. It covers it all. My sin and my shame don't count anymore. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. The Christ, the Son of Man, who in his body built a new temple, the place where atonement is made and where sinners can come and find you and have fellowship with you. And thank you that when he returns, the wonderful Son of Man who is the Christ, he will return not as our terrifying judge for those who believe, but as the shepherd who will bring us home. Amen.